I think that deserves a golf club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Pull up a stool and settle it at the bar as we pour you another frosty episode of Gaming on Tap. And now, two delusional guys that actually believe they have an audience. Your hosts, J-Dub and Joey Mack! Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of your favorite gaming and beer podcast, Gaming on Tap. I'm Joey Mack. And I'm J-Dub, and what is happening? What is happening? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This is actually yeah, episode th- three. I know this is turning into an actual thing now. I like it. I'm loving it. I love. I'm loving just it like too. McDonald's. One of our sponsors. No, maybe someday. Yeah, maybe we don't exactly. want that. I think I. I think I'll just stick with beer for now. Although I have to tell you, their Happy Meals are so much better <laughs> now than when I was growing up as a kid. Isn't that the truth about all the toys now? It's like. I mean, everywhere, not just Happy Meals. I'm taking it to Toys R Us. I'm taking it everywhere else. It's like, these toys are amazing, and they're so cheap. <laughs> and I love playing with them with my kids. Oh, that's sweet. You're such a good dad. Not really, because I'm avoiding them right now and trying to record well, this episode three. Hey, look, man, priorities. <laughs> it's all about exactly. priorities. And right now, exactly. the priority is drinking beer. That sounds delightful. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open my beer, and then while I'm doing that, why don't you talk about what we're what we're drinking today, Jay? So let me tell you, the brewers at Bauhaus Brew Labs in Minneapolis have done this Czech Pilsner style, the justice it deserves. That's right, folks. This is a light body, full in flavor, and I gotta tell you, it's called Wonderlust, mm. and. It gracefully fills your mind with dreams and wonder. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're kind of IPA guys. We like IPAs. We drink IPAs 99% of the time. Um, but this Czech Pilsner is delicious. So that's why we wanted to kind of throw it into the mix. Yeah, this is a great summertime patio pounder, if you will. I mean, you can just knock these down left and right and feel refreshed, but not that heaviness that you get after drinking an IPA. sometimes just one IPA. Yeah. 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 And you know, I'm not really a Pilsner guy, but as far as this one goes, it's, it's really fav- flavorful. When you think of a Pilsner, you think of like a really light beer, light golden color, but this one has a pretty nice, deep amber color to it. Um, it's got notes of hay, grass. It's very earthy. Maybe some green apple in there. Uh, like you were saying, Jay, it's really full-bodied. It's heavy on the malt. It's got kind of a, a little bit of a spicy flavor. Um, but it does have hop undertones, which is a reason why I like this beer, because I, I tend to enjoy beers that um, kind of have a hoppiness to it. Yeah, I mean, you said hay and grass, and I mean, that's not bad. <laughs> Dude. You can't say that while I'm actually drinking the beer. I'm going to spit all over the mic. <laughs> I had to throw it in there, man. It's the marketing in me. Um, yeah, it's only 5.4% alcohol, so you know it is a light beer. You don't have to feel guilty drinking it. You're not going to get wasted. Um, and it's got a, it's got a high uh, beer advocate score of 88 out of 100. So Very nice. There you have it. There you have it. So let's enjoy this beer. And move on to the game of the day. In a world 
Take your place, wizard. Equip your ancestral magic items. Summon your most faithful familiars to your side and be ready to face the challenge. What, what, what? Let me, I think that deserves a golf clap. (laughs) (laughs) Joey Mack, why don't you tell us what the game of the day is? All right. Thanks, because this is one of my all-time favorites. This game has a special place in my heart. This game is kind of the game that got me back into board gaming. Out of like, after like a 10-year hiatus of not playing board games, uh, this game here is the one that got me back into the hobby, and that is Seasons by Asmodee. Yes. Yes. It's a great, fun card drafting dice chucking game it only has 7.5 out of 10 on uh, as a board game geek score but don't let that score fool you personally i think this is a very very solid game absolutely and just to pile on to what joey mack said you know i remember we went to game castle which is our local gaming store shout out uh and it was joey mack's first time there uh it's so a little shout out there and um and we were looking at all these games, and this was the game that, that he chose. And we went home that night and, and played it for our first gaming session ever. So I agree, brother. This is a truly special game to me as well. Yeah, it is a special. It's, it will never leave my, my collection. Sorry, I was just drinking drinking the beer. That was quite a bit of a lull there. I know. That's all right. I'm going to I'm going to take that out in editing. There's there there will be no dead space. <laughs> really quick before we kind of get into the 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 workings of the game and I know you're going to want to talk about the art. You are a graphic artist, Jay, and I know you're going to talk about all the beautiful art and illustrations that are in this game. But before that, I am a big fan of box inserts. If you know me, I love box inserts, <laughs> and this this game has one of the best box inserts. Usually, in, you know, you get a game, they just throw everything into the box, or if you're Fantasy Flight, you throw everything into the box with a janky piece of cardboard in there that divides it into, like, two sides, <laughs> right? Yeah. But this game comes with a custom-molded insert. Everything fits neatly into its place. I mean, if you have OCD, you are going to love this box insert. Okay, I'm done with that. Jay, talk about talk about the artwork, talk about the game. This game is beautifully stunning. In a simplistic presentation, uh, the cards, the board, the splash of color from the dice make this a real treat to play. Um, I can't say enough about this, Joey Mac. I mean, this is, it's just like it, it grabs you and brings you into the world, um, which is in the world of Zidit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, uh, it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's whimsical. It's a real simple way of playing. You know, I mean, you're playing three rounds and before you know it, the game's over, but you've had a lot of strategy that you've been putting in place. A lot of thinking, one of my favorites and still remains one of my favorites on my shelf. Yeah. Unfortunately, we, we, we should probably, like you were saying with the last episode, it's always cult to the new and games like this sadly kind of get put on the back burner and we don't bring it out to the table as often as we should but it deserves to get on the table more regularly because it is it's such a great game the game can be played two to four players 
Um, I've never played a four-player game, but uh, I've played two and three, and I think that that works out. I mean, the, the game actually scales. If you're playing two or three or four players, I don't think it really affects the uh, the strategy of the game that much. Uh, right. Because you, you, you actually adjust how many dice um, are used in the game based on how many players are playing and what's great about this game too is that you know it's got a lot of the mechanics that you know as you know joey mac that we really love uh you have some card drafting and there's a little bit of resource management and those are all three types of mechanics that we kind of gravitate towards quite a bit the game is played over the course of three years and in two phases the first phase is a card drafting phase um, which is really interesting um this is where players ultimately select a hand of nine cards. Then they divide those cards into three card decks of three. You have three cards that represent each year of play. The game takes place over three years, 12 seasons. Um, this phase, this is this is kind of, I don't know if it's a nit or a, a, a con, but I think this phase is actually really important and we're seasoned players. How you like that, Jay? I'm trying to, I like I'm it. trying to step up to you. <laughs> This is where I like it a lot. this is where seasoned players will probably kind of crush newbies, right? The game has a really steep learning curve, and if you're not familiar with the cards and their abilities, um, you know what's the optimum year to play that card. You know you can really start the game at a disadvantage. So I think that's where people that have played this game multiple times will be able to um, have an advantage over people that have never played the game before. But you take two seasoned players playing this game and it is a battle so after the card drafting phase comes kind of the, the the main part of the game which is the tournament phase and that's the one that takes place over three years or, or 12 seasons you know and each time you you hit a year you're able to grab another three card uh the three card deck into your hand you have four seasons on the board that you're traveling through um, you go around it three times and you're collecting energy in the form of earth, fire, air, and water, which is totally thematic in this game because yeah. that's what you're going to use to activate these cards and get your special abilities. All right. So with that said, what is your verdict? Well, I have to tell you, Seasons, I would give two pints up. I love this game. It's got a Me lot of too. meaning for both of us, I think. You know, again, going back to the first trip to our local game store, together at game castle and it was kind of one that you picked up Shout out. and uh, i was like i second that and we went home and played it that night and we had a blast it was a lot of fun actually i just yeah. to talk about that a little bit i think we played it wrong the first time we did um, we totally played it wrong which is so funny because i felt like we got it right and we enjoyed the game when we even got it wrong so that's the testament of a good game yeah yeah no i mean I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm going to give this game two pints up, just like you. Um, but I totally agree that this is a testament to how great this game is. Uh, you know, thankfully though, we went back, we played it again properly, and it was a much better game. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It was such a great experience the first time. Yeah. And then going back and playing it right, Joey Mac. I mean, it was even better. Go figure. Even better. Go figure. Totally. So, you know, speaking of thankful, before we move on, I just want to thank everybody who's been listening out there, sending us feedback. Uh, so far, we've got six people who've actually left a rating and review for us on iTunes, which is amazing. That yeah, is amazing. I mean, for me, it just, I don't know, Jay, what do you, I mean, for me, it just makes me feel like warm and all cuddly inside. I'm going to go with fuzzy. <laughs> That's my final answer. <laughs> Fuzzy. You, you don't like cuddly? Are you not a cuddly guy? 
I'm a fuzzy guy. Well, again, thanks thanks for leaving uh, you know reviews and ratings. It lets us know that you guys are enjoying the show. So if you haven't done so already, hop on over to iTunes, subscribe, give us a rating. We'd appreciate five stars, but you know we're not trying to influence you guys in any way. J Dub, what is piquing your interest these days? Well, no, no, no. Wait, that- hold, hold on. Let, let me guess. Let me guess. Photosynthesis. You are incorrect, <laughs> sir. Ah, I've been milking that one, so I gotta. I, I had to. I had to go and, and look for something new. Actually, this is one that's been on my radar. Um, I almost kickstarted it, uh-huh. but I didn't because it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and I. I don't want to wait for Kickstarter sometimes that long, so but we'll get into that a little bit later probably. Anyways, um, the game is Seventh Continent, and I got to tell you, Joey Mac, this game looks amazing. You basically it's exploring and survival. However, survival comes first, so you can't get lost in the exploring. Although that's what I'm really excited about. Survival's eh. But the exploring part, and you get new tiles, and you can actually save your game. This is a game where you can save your game in less than a minute and put it away. And, well, at least that's what Rado says. So I'm a huge fan of Rado Runs Through, and if he says less than a minute, it's less than a minute. But um, but anyway, um, oh, 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 yeah, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. You know, it's just got some cool mechanics. I'm really excited about this one. Um, the other thing that makes me really excited about this game is it's inspired by fighting fantasy books hmm. uh, by Ian Livingston and Steve Jackson. Oh, Steve um, Jackson of of Munchkin, of Munchkin fame, fame and Ogre fame. So, uh, really excited about this. I love those books, and it has that choose your own adventure kind of quality to it in this game, and. Uh, Keep an eye out for it, folks, because this is going to be a hot one. I think that this is going to be talked about a lot for one of the top games in 2017. Nice. And how how exactly do you save? Say that there is a tile and there's like a hut, right? And you go in and you, I'm going to explore the hut. But there's nobody home, right? So you can't explore it. So... That might be a time where you want to save your game. So then when you save your game, you reset all those tiles. And now someone could be in that hut in the next game. Because you take that tile where there was no one there and you put it in Mm. past time. So now where I couldn't explore before, now I actually can explore this hut and there might be someone in there. Who knows? Yeah, it almost encourages players to save the game. Exactly. It totally does. For instance... There's a, I was just reading about this. Uh, there's a new Kickstarter for it, right? For a, a second edition already. And they've added like storm clouds. Well, if you go through these storm clouds when they're present, you could take a lot of damage, get hurt and die. Um, and so what this does now is like, oh, there's a storm. I'm going to rest. And guess what happens? The storm goes away because time passes. So I'm really excited about it. I, I I can't wait to get my claws on this one. Sounds cool. Seventh Continent. How about you, Joey Mac? What's on your radar? To tell you the truth, Jada, I'm actually almost done polishing off this 
glass of wonder stuff. Ooh. So I will I will try to make this quick. Yeah, I came across this interesting article on Mashable. So basically, it's this guy who wrote a post on the board game subreddit about how over the span of two and a half years, he backed over 150 games on Kickstarter and spent over $16,000. That is like the price of a car. That is redonkulous. It's redonkulous. That is that is the correct word to use. Yes, it is redonkulous. That's a lot of money. No kidding. That's like a 16, boat. It's crazy. $16,000 in, in the span of two and a half years. Anyway, so the... The post itself is is pretty long. There's over 500 comments, so I'm not going to go into the entire thing. But basically, at the end of the post, he says that he kind of had this epiphany and he regrets everything. Like he wished he never spent any money on Kickstarter, and he's 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 quitting Kickstarter. I would too, because sixteen thousand dollars is a lot of money for cardboard. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. So you know, reading this story, obviously, it kind of got me thinking about my own Kickstarter habits. Ooh. So oh. yeah, this is this so going to go into it, the guessing game because I love guessing games. It, it's going to go into the guessing game. It's going to go. Here we go. Well, let's let's play a little game. Let's play a little game. So I, uh, I went up, back. Though, Getting warmed up. <laughs> I went back over two and a half year span, so the same time period that this guy did, and I tabulated all the games that I purchased, the money that I spent, and obviously not as crazy as this dude. But I was surprised to see that I backed way more games and spent way more money than I than I thought. Uh, all right, here's the game. Uh oh. How many game? How many games do you think I backed in two and a half years, and how much money did I spend? Uh, we need some game show music. A clock to some little Jeopardy. Um, I'm gonna say 24 games. Ooh, you wanna wanna put a price tag on that? Don't worry, it's not like Price is Right. You can go over. It's fine. Uh, how much it would cost? Um, mm. hmm. I'm going to say $2,600. Whoa, you are really, really close. Whoa. Not, yes, 19 games. Wow. And just just over 2000 bucks. So, you know. Wow. Yeah, not as, not as crazy as 150 150 games and sixteen thousand dollars, but still, that's that's a pretty big chunk of change for cardboard. And that's all board games, right? That's like not and that's like other no, things. Yeah, that is that's right, all board games. And that doesn't that doesn't even take into consideration the games that I bought at game shops over that same span. Wowzers! So that is yeah, wowzers. That's crazy. Well, so here's my thing with it Kickstarter, is. and I kind of was yeah. talking about earlier in the show. Um, and this is kind of ironic, but my whole thing with Kickstarter is I, I like I I don't want to wait. I, I want it. I want it in my hands. And I'll use an example. I go to Home Depot a lot and I just recently went in there and I was looking at a uh, workbench for my tools and my my miter saw and. I sound like Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> You're such a man. Yes, You're yes, such a man's yes, man. Yes, miter saw. Um, no, but so I went in there and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I, I'd love to get one of these workbenches. Um, you know, can I, can I, you know, pick it up in the store? And they're all, oh, it's only available online. I hate that answer 
because I want to get it and I want to get it home. And I, it, it puts a damper on everything I wanted to do, like fix the garage up. Right. Cause I just, you know, got into this place, um, new home. And so that's just a buzzkill for me. You know, it just, it really is. And, but then the, the downfall of, of not, you know, paying something online and waiting, like in in the in the realm of board games is that then I spend a lot more money on eBay. However, I get everything like in the Kickstarter. Usually I go for in shrink, you know. Mm-hmm. But like I get it in 2 mm-hmm. days. And I've been able to see reviews about the game and if it was really, you know, what it was all cracked up to be. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's exactly what this guy says too. He says, you know, the whole reason why he got addicted to Kickstarter is because this whole fear of missing out, you know, there's, especially, you know, when you've got publishers like Cool Mini who are, who are regularly throwing in Kickstarter exclusives that won't even be available in retail or expansions and add-ons that won't appear on store shelves, you know, for a long time after the game's released, if at ever at all, um, you know, that's kind of where that addiction stems from. But like you said, he feels that paying the eBay tax is a better better alternative, right? Because like you said, you can you, you sit back, you wait, you wait for the reviews to come out, you find out if it's a good game. And yeah, you're going to pay a premium to get, an, get it on eBay. You know, you may spend $50 more, $100 more than you would have spent on Kickstarter, but you're buying less games. So in the long run, you actually save money. Interesting. It is. I thought it was an interesting read. I'll be sure to post a link to the story on our show notes at gamingontap.com for anyone that's interested out there and reading it. Also, if anyone out there has, you know, a similar Kickstarter epiphany, you know, feel free to leave us a comment on any one of our platforms. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram at gamingontap. Uh, or you can even leave a comment in the in the comment section of our show notes in our on our website. So any way you can reach out to us, we would love to hear from you guys. And anyways, well, that looks like it's gonna do it for episode three. Unless you've got any last words, J Dub. Oh, any tangents you want to go on? No, I'm tapped out. You're tapped out. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, you know, we say it all the time, but I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, We invite you all to come back in a couple of weeks for another episode of the Gaming on Tap podcast. In fact, uh, we're going to break away from our normal format and have something special planned for Halloween since Halloween is just around the corner. So we have a special Halloween episode. Zoiks. That's spooky. Zoiks. So until then, please subscribe via SoundCloud or iTunes. And as always, thanks for stopping by the boardroom. Goodbye, everybody. Tap out. Thank you for making it this far. Today's episode of Gaming on Tap was recorded in the boardroom. Audio equipment used in the production of this podcast was generously provided by our friends at Tascam. Visit Tascam.com to learn more. Our theme song was written and performed by the Cracker Brothers, and you can find their music at ReverbNation.com slash Cracker Brothers. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at GamingOnTap, and for all things on tap, visit GamingOnTap.com. Until next time, for J-Dub and Joey Mack, I'm Eric the Announcer saying, Game Responsibly! Game Responsibly!